This is KG, and you're listening to another podcast of the KG and the Fifth World Wildcat. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'm going to do a little something a little bit different, talk about the Rockets right off the bat. The Rockets have won nine of their last ten games, including uh, two straight wins after coughing up a victory on Wednesday versus Milwaukee Bucks and losing to the Bucks 105-99, where they allowed the Bucks to score 60 points in the second half, 50 of those points in the last 70 minutes of the ball game. Defense just completely cratered in the loss to the Bucks. But the Rocks bounced back Friday with a 103-76 shellacking over the Washington Wizards, and then they thumped the Knicks Saturday night, 97-84, and the game was not that close. The bench came in, and the deep bench came in and played once again. So um, the Rockets are Nine and one in the last ten games. They're twelve and eight in the Southwest Division, tied for first place with the Mavs and the Spurs. I want to talk about a few things. A colleague, Jonathan Fagan, touched on, and he wrote in his blog on Akron.com that uh, the Rockets have gotten better. Things are better uh, since their three and seven start. Part of that is true. I agree with him uh, somewhat about that. Um, the Rockets are playing better. Obviously, they've won nine of the last ten ball games. Things have improved somewhat. The bench is finally starting to play a little bit better and more consistently, both offensively and defensively. But my biggest thing is, despite the fact that they have defeated the weak switches of the poor, those teams are on this schedule, so the Rockets did what they were supposed to do. So let's not ignore that fact. But it's still a fact that the Rockets have played the weak switches of the poor. Against the good teams, teams with, with winning records, the Rockets saw 4-5. and five. So that right there shows that they have room for improvement. Four of their 12 wins are against teams with winning records. So the Rockets are not a, an elite ball club. Let's not kid ourselves with that fact. But my point that I want to hang on is in the loss to the Bucks, the Rockets were getting dominated by the Bucks when Andrew Bogut the center for the Bucks was in the ball game in the first quarter. He was blocking shots. He was an enforcer from offense to defense. When Boga got hurt and he just suffered a broken ankle, he's off for eight to twelve weeks. And then Rockets started taking advantage of the Bucks until Stephen Jackson and Mike Dunleavy got hot from the perimeter and exposed the Rockets' weak perimeter defense and lit up the Rockets in the second half. That's where I think the Rockets' problems are, is on defense. The Rockets have won games, the last two games, without Kevin Martin. He's resting uh, his uh, right foot due to plantar fasciitis. He's supposed to play Monday night versus the Timberwolves at home. So offense isn't a problem. should not be a problem for the Rockets this season. The problem will be the defense. And I don't believe the Rockets are a good defensive ball club. As much as Kyle Lowry has improved offensively, I believe the defense has regressed. Guys blow by him left and right. Like he's standing still, he, he gets a cold from the, the draft of offensive players shaking him going to the hole. Simon Dallenbear is an improvement as a shot blocker around the paint and around the basket. But it's not a great thing to have Kyle Lowry and Kevin Martin have an open door policy and let the guys blow past them and hope Sam is there to block the shots. That's not always the case. The Rockets' pick-and-roll pick defense has regressed. So defensively is where the Rockets must improve. As the competition improves, the Rockets have a goal of making the playoffs and by a miracle making noise in the playoffs. Defense is what's going to get it done. 
This week, it uh, was reported, Mark Sign of ESPN.com reported, that the New Orleans Hornets are willing and interested in trading center Chris Kamen. Uh, they hope to get some young players back in return. Chris Kamen is a better than serviceable big man in the NBA. He's uh, in the last year of his contract, makes $14 million on the contract, so that salary would come off the books of a team if they acquired him via trade. And, of course, since this is a Houston-based podcast, and I'm part of Houston Round Bar View, owner and creator and co-founder of Houston Round Bar View, i got to just how this, describe how this uh, rumor deals with the Rockets. When the sooner the was reported, media colleagues mentioned the side of the Rockets as one of the teams who would be willing to acquire Cayman. Uh, one uh, colleague said that the Rockets is well-known how desperate the Rockets are for a center. And that's what the Rockets have been, Sam Dallenberg on the squad. So that shows you how much the Rockets apparently want a center desperately. Chris Sheridan of Sheridan Hoops Former writer for, I believe, ESPN.com and AP, and I was, you know, one of the guys I credited during the uh, NBA lockout for his great coverage. Has uh, he cited the Rockets as one of the three a scenario involving the Rockets acquiring Cayman? Check this out. I linked it to uh, his article on the Houston Round Barview Facebook fan page and colleague Adam Wexler just blasted Sheridan's outlook and reason for the trade, but I'm going to give you the, what Sheridan wrote, and you can voice your opinion on my Facebook fan page as well, similar to uh, what Wex did. Here's the scenario. Came into the Houston Rockets for Hashim to beat Johnny Flynn, Patrick Patterson, Jordan Hill, and the New York Knicks 2012 first-round draft pick. When the Chris Paul to the Lakers trade was still alive, the league office, of course the league owns the Hornets, was insisting that the Rockets include Patterson in the deal. The Rockets did not want to surrender four top-tier players to acquire Powell Gasol, and the trade died. But Patterson is a spare part. The beat is an uber-bust, these are Sheridan's words. Hill is superfluous, and Flynn is a former top five pick. The real prize in this deal is the Knicks pick, which could be a lottery pick if the, new, if the Knicks free fall continues. Adding Cayman would give the Rockets a big man rotation of Dallenbear, Cayman, Scola, and rookie Chandler Parsons. Interesting, Chandler Parsons is a small forward, not a big man, but I digress. Playing those guys along with Kyle Lowry, Kevin Martin, and Chase Buttinger, and that ain't a bad team. What do you think about that? Think about that scenario. Well, I just give up all those pieces for Chris Kamen. I don't. I think it's a bit too much to give up for Kamen. Kamen, but uh, one of the key factors is we know the Rockets are interested in getting another big man, Paul Gasol, of course. So, Daryl Morey. My my take on it is: Would Daryl Morey be willing to deal with David Stern again to make a deal, on to have Stern? Rescind the trade once, once more. I have my doubts on that one. Let's shift gears and get into the Houston area college scores involving the local teams. It was a little recap this week. 
the Houston Cougars women's team lost to Crosstown rival the Rice Owls Saturday afternoon inside Hall Finals Pavilion. Uh, part of their Pack the House game. About a thousand fans showed up, which is a season high for the Cougars and probably their most they'll get all year. Same for Rice. Um, Rice led by 20 points in the second half, 50 to 30. The game was brutal. Shooting uh, Rice won the game, shooting 23%. Yes, that is correct. Rice won the game, shooting 23% from the field. The Cougars, ironically enough, despite the loss, probably played their most competitive ball game of the year. Once they were down 20, it's like the light came on in the young players' eyes, and they finally started to work hard, monitor the system that Coach Buchanan and his coaches have been teaching, and they went to work. They cut the lead down to six points a couple times, but little things here and there, shots did not fall, and the Cougars did not win. Lost 58-50. They're not 2-17 overall. 1-6 in Conference USA. The next home game will be Thursday. The next game will be at home Thursday versus Southern Methodist and SMU Mustangs. Men's team, part of the double hitter, after the game, after the women's game, played a exciting ball game and won 81-76 over UTEP. Cougs trailed by double figures for much of the ball game. In fact, they're trailing by double digits with about six minutes left in the ball game and mounted a comeback. Forced overtime after the minor, after referees ruled that a three-point bucket by the minors did not beat the buzzer. Game in an overtime. Cougars trailed by four points. They refused to lose. Found a way to win. Alendis Harris had a double-double. Jason Thomas had a double-double. Jonathan Simmons, who I are now referred to as Wild Thing. You've seen the movie with Charlie Sheen as the relief pitcher. Major League, but one, two, and three, you know where I'm coming from. Jonathan Simmons is just a heck of an athlete and does some amazing, amazing things on offense. Defense, he hardly plays it. He does like he does refuse to play, be a great defender, but he does some things that just blow your mind, both good and bad. Cougars are now 11 and 9 overall, 3 and 4 in Conference USA. Rice men's team improved their record with the 12 and 10, 3 and 4 in CUSA as well with 88-74 win Saturday night inside the House of Tudor. That's following up a uh, 73-51 loss on the road to Memphis. As mentioned, the Owls beat the Cougars on women's side. That's after the Owls just demolished the ECU Pirates on Thursday, 66-44, and that win gave up. Head coach Greg Williams, his 300th career coaching victory. So kudos to him. And you can read both the write-ups for the, for those games on the HoustonRoundBarView.com where Coach Williams very modest. He gave credit to his players and having great players helped him achieve 300 win milestones. But he also said that he was happy that people are mentioning the wins rather than a lot of the L's that have come along the way as well. HBU Huskies, women are 1-18 overall. They're 0-3 in the Great West Conference. They lost Saturday night to Texas Pan American 55-41. On the, the men are 6-14, and they're also winless in Great West. They're 0-3. They lost Saturday night on the road to Pan American 81-71. In SWAC basketball, the area teams, Prairie View men and TSU men both won. But the Prairie View women and Teach women both lost Saturday day afternoon and evening. PV men won on the road, defeating Alabama State 64-57 to improve to 5-3 and three in the SWAC, 9-12 and 12 overall. TSU Tigers, Coach Tony Harvey's team is 6-2 and two with their 73-61 win over Alabama A&M. 
The Tigers lost earlier in the week on Monday to Mississippi Valley State, 77-69 in battle for first place. Valley won the game, remains in first place. Tigers had a chance, but Valley just pulled it out and, and took over in the extra five minutes. The Lady Tigers are 3-15 and overall, 2-6 and after losing a two twice this week. Saturday day afternoon, they were thumped by Alabama and m 56-36, and that was after losing to Valley on Monday, 68-54. Lady Panthers lost Saturday afternoon, 67-53, and this follows their best showing of the season. Listed the score, they defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff 102-251. Lady Panthers forced Pine Bluff into turned the ball over 35 times in that ball game. Lady Panthers are 7-12 overall and 4-4 in SWAC. Lady Tigers are 3-15 overall, 2-6 in SWAC. A couple more things I want to touch on as um, you listen to me, KG of Houston Round Barview, and another podcast of KG and the Wildcat. The Gavi Lewis Award. I'm a part of the uh, Greater Houston Basketball Committee. We'll have another press release uh, out. It will be on February 3rd. We're going to announce our top 20 high school players, boys basketball, where fans can vote at the website GaviLewisAward.org. You can vote for 10 players. We'll pare it down. Those 10 young men will be invited to our banquet on March 27th. And we'll announce the uh, boys basketball player of the year for the Houston area on that night. And I won't get into a lot of the names because, you know, especially so I don't want to scoop everyone, but I do know who the guys are, thanks to uh, fellow committee member Jim Hicks of RCS Sports. He put together the list. It's an outstanding list, a lot of names. that if you follow high school basketball, you know who the guys are. It's a very impressive list. You get a chance to vote at the website starting on February 3rd, GavyLewisWard.org. I want to get into a question that was asked to me regarding the NBA players who are overseas, many of the ones who are in China, and what impact has uh, their departure had on their NBA clubs. Basically, nothing. <coughs> Excuse me, the one that near and dear to a lot of Rockets fans is Aaron Brooks. Brooks is in China. The Suns are bad, but the Suns weren't that great with Brooks last season anyway. As you may or may not know, the uh, China Basketball Association made it very clear during the lockout that if players signed with Chinese teams, there would be no opt-out clauses to return to the NBA once the lockout ended. So players like Aaron Brooks, Wilson Chandler, Dan Gazerich, Mike Harris, Kenya Martin, Patty Mills, Josh Powell, and J.R. Smith all signed in China. And that's where they will stay until this uh, basketball season ends in China. Most of the guys who played, who signed contracts to go overseas, are not household names. The biggest names are probably Kenny Martin and J.R. Smith. The Nuggets are doing fine without those guys. We'll see how they do now without Danilo Calamari. But the Nuggets are 14-5 currently, two games behind Oklahoma City in the Northwest Division. So, for the most part, guys overseas have not really hurt their teams the Phoenix Suns were bad, you know, they're less than mediocre, they're 7-12, but Aaron Brooks was not going to make or break the Suns season this year. And I want to tie in, thanks for that question. If you have other questions, feel free to tweet me at T-H-E-H-R-Review, or make comments on the fan page of Houston Round Bar Review on Facebook, ask questions there. I'll probably start 
uploading videos to YouTube once again at the Houston Round Ball channel. Tell your friend about the podcast. Uh, supposedly, I will receive my quote-unquote homework from the NCAA Monday regarding the upcoming mock selection, which will take place at the NCAA headquarters in February. Looking forward to that. And, yes, it is homework. We'll have to uh, study and be prepared to present our cases for teams in our, the conference that we were representing and why they should make the NCAA tournament as if the season ended at the time of the uh, mock selection. So looking forward to that. Have more information about that as we get close close to that event. Thank you, as always, for listening. Tell your friends about the uh, podcast. Things will continue to evolve as this year progresses. I'm not sure which way things will go. February may be a very exciting month for me. But as I say, thank you very much for listening. As always, be true. Be cool and do more.